Hello, and welcome to The Staffing Show, the only podcast that delivers tools, tips, and tactics from the staffing and recruiting industry's top executives and thought leaders. This episode is brought to you by Staffing Referrals, the only automated referral management platform chosen by smart staffing firms. Tired of wasting money on traditional job boards? Sick of reminding recruiters about promoting your referral program? Wish you could eliminate admin work spent tracking referrals and scheduling interviews? That's where Staffing Referrals comes in. Imagine transforming your entire talent pool into digital recruiters on behalf of your company. Think about how happy you'll make your team by eliminating wasted time spent tracking referrals and scheduling interviews. There's a reason that Staffing Referrals is one of the fastest growing software platforms in our industry. It's because staffing executives want to scale faster by automating recruiting processes. It's because with Staffing Referrals, you can actually see an ROI. And it's because our world is now more digital than ever and your candidates expect you to keep up. Don't get passed by the competition. Stop missing referrals and start recruiting smarter. Get staffing referrals and improve your tech stack today. To claim one free month, visit www.staffingreferrals.com show. That's staffingreferrals.com show. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining the staffing show once again. Uh, super excited to have Rob Mann with Great Recruiters joining us today. Rob, why don't you go ahead and kick it off and tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're doing today. Well, thanks, Dave, for having me. Uh, first and foremost, I'm happy to be a second-time guest. Uh, so that's always exciting. Uh, what I'm doing today, uh, well, that's a good question because I have to check my calendar normally. Uh, so kind of in the <laughs> mix of doing a lot of uh, solutioning for companies, whether that's uh, companies thinking about how they're going to do sales now that the workforce is you know, work from home, uh, work from anywhere, hybrid. Uh, it's really going to change uh, maybe a brick and mortar strategy of, of how you sell your services. Uh, thinking about the gig economy a lot and what on-demand platforms are going to be doing. Uh, and thinking about the future of marketing because, again, you know, you have to figure out where your customers are, what your customers are going through, and how to talk to them. So those are, those are they're all kind of the same thing, right? Are they all kind of similar processes? Uh, but obviously a little bit more targeted for each one. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm always excited to have you on the show uh, every time we talk. I mean, I guess it's your second second time on the show, but you and I have talked quite a bit. And uh, I think you're out there in the forefront talking about the digital transformation with a lot of agencies, with a lot of vendors. And to top it off, you also have your background uh, you know, with Earfish, where you got the marketing automation, recruiter automation. You got uh, Able, so you know about you know the the future of kind of how people are going to be onboarded and what's going on there, and then you've got now you're at uh, Great Recruiters and kind of getting into the experience management review side of things. So uh, I always think your perspective on all of this is uh, uh, very valued and uh, excited excited to jump in here today. Um, one thing that you kind of brought up uh, just previously in conversation was really kind of where where are sales go in the future state of sales in the staffing industry. Yeah, so you know, I I think I think 2020 is the the precursor, right? It drove 10 years of digital transformation in one year or in nine months, right? It's still going on, but really 2020, yeah, from March on, um, really drove digital transformation. I, I don't think anyone needs stats for me to back that up. I think everyone has felt it and seen it or purchased things to improve their experience. Um, so so because of that, what is going on in your background over there, bud? Uh, because of that. <laughs> 
<laughs> so funny. Uh, be, be, because this digital transformation thing is going on, you have to think about where your customers are and how to reach them. So uh, what I keep thinking about is how staffing companies are going to need to take the playbook of like a SaaS software company or a consulting and digital services company and be online more, tell better stories online, uh, get eyes online, right? really focus on using the eye economy or the attention economy, uh, and really just kind of up-level how they are going to market and trying to reach out to prospects and their current customers upsell. Um, so, uh, you know, at Great Recruiters, uh, I'm over here now, um, just kind of like a quick story. is like, you know, you can, through the Great Recruiters tool and our company profiles, we can prove a quality of service. And because we collect testimonials and make them easy to search, you can actually let your customers or your, your candidates tell your prospective customers or other candidates that you're trying to work with what it's like to work with you, which is part of that digital storytelling, right? Like I mentioned statistics because everyone always wants a stat in their story. So using a stat to, to prove quality of service uh, or you know how many reviews you have and, and how many are positive uh, is really going to be a part of it, which is something that we're, we're really familiar with when it comes to Amazon or buying anything online. Um, and that will soon become more, more uh, commonplace for services as well. Yeah, it, it, it is funny as we think about uh, how we make decisions as consumers, but really how you make decisions as a whole. Uh, it it almost starts, I've talked about this with Adam quite a bit, but it, it starts with what are other people saying about it and looking for reviews and trying to figure out what the, the you know, if you're making an informed decision, it's always great to see what other people have said about it. And we're, we're used to it with, I mean, restaurants, it's now a must. I mean, I, I don't go to a restaurant without looking at Yelp. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. And uh, even watching a movie now, you know, it's Rotten Tomatoes. If I don't see an audience score above 80, the odds are I'm probably not watching it. And I, and I just, uh, I think that same trend is absolutely coming to the staffing in, industry. Um, do you have any stories or anything else that you kind of want to elaborate on, you know, how you're seeing things move towards that, uh, uh, the importance of reviews for recruiters? Uh, well, uh, you know, I think the, the easiest way to say it is people buy from people. So as much as uh, traditionally, you know, we would hide our recruiters uh, and not let them build a personal brand uh, online or in general because you're afraid they're going to get poached. I, I think that, that the Sir, Sir Richard Branson quote, right, that, that's always attributed to him. It's like, you know, what happens if we spend all this money and train them and they leave and the CFOs or whoever said, like whatever the saying is like, what happens if we don't train them and they stay? Uh, and and so it's, you know, if you're going to invest in your recruiters, um, and by the way, this is, it's something that Brian Cunningham of Alan Rex said to me the other day on on a webinar, he goes, Rob, there are more freaking coaches on LinkedIn right now than anything else. It's kind of (laughs) crazy. Um, and they're all coaching like personal branding and it's because user generated content, storytelling and digital storytelling is really what, what, what content creation and the attraction economy is about. Right. So you know, using, using statistics is great, but understanding how to storytell is great too. And thank God there's so many podcasts and so many tools uh, to learn storytelling um, that, you can, that you can reference to now. Yeah, and then, which by the way, if, uh, for our listeners, if you haven't, you got to check out Rob's podcast. It's a, it's a good one. Uh, it's ongoing. Uh, you own the experience. That's the yeah. I, I'm I'm a terrible self promoter. So yes, it is the you own the experience podcast. I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll take care Thank of you, you, Rob. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, well, <clears throat> sorry, what were you going to ask? Oh, I was, I was just saying the one the one other thing you brought up there, which I I think is so interesting, is uh, 
was a, that was about three years ago when I was on a run. I was just thinking about like what what is the actual product that staffing firms are selling, and and what I kept coming back to is there's two products they're selling the it's the job at least from a candidate's perspective. From a candidate's perspective, they've got the job and then they've got the recruiter, and you're buying both. And a lot of times you're buying into that relationship with the recruiter. And that recruiter is kind of the product. And then I started thinking about what website can you go to? If you go to toyota.com and they didn't have their cars listed, it would be insane. <laughs> right, and that's a great, that's a great analogy for Westford. And you know it. We, I, oh God, sorry, I'm going to cut you off. When I go to, a, I go to every company's website that I, that I prospect to and sell yeah. to, right? Or, or deal with. Uh, and, and when I don't see people on a recruiting website, I'm yeah. like, uh, don't want to work with you. Who, who am I going to work with this, this image? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah your, people I'm literally your, brand. your people are your brand and not having them ha- have a digital presence. I mean, I, I think that's with, uh, with great recruiters, you get the, you know, recruiter profile, staffing referrals. We've got the same thing. It makes sense. i uh, trying to get that out there. And I think I've actually seen more and more agencies move towards that um, where they're trying to figure out how to get their recruiters on the, on the website, which is pretty great. Um, yeah. So, it's, definitely, um, it's definitely becoming more prevalent. So that's a good sign. Yeah. And, and so what, anything else on uh, kind of where you see sales going? Uh, any other trends that you're seeing or hearing about? Yeah. I mean, the, how, like, how are you selling via zoom? How are you selling via video chat? Right? Like you got to up those games. I've been, I've been selling via Zoom and video chat since 2018 now. Um, you know, you know, you know, you think about the guys that were selling uh, software, what's like Cisco or Oracle, they were probably doing this too. And so like, you don't, you know, everyone's saying it, like business travel is going to go away. Um, you know, at least the ups, by the way, at least like the being able to charge business class, the business travel is going to go away. So um, it, it, how do you convey your services and be able to communicate your services via a Zoom call or Skype, you know, have, having a slide deck that that we uh, that we develop. So, and this is the stuff that I'm thinking about. It's like uh, we're doing. I'm doing a webinar series called "Go to Market with Your Tech Stack," um, where you're staffing tech stack. And you know, we did it. We did a, a com- we did an episode with Brian Cunningham of Allen Rec, which is where he gave me that quote, like why he's so sick of seeing coaches on LinkedIn. Uh, and with him, we actually he's going to offer a freemium model, right? He's going to give you the first placement so that he can build a community. So he is actively building a community uh, because he's saying, hey, you know, you're in HR. You don't get to talk as many candidates as I do possibly. Uh, you don't maybe have mentors that are other HR people. So his job is to get in the conversations. If, not, if, if everyone wants, doesn't want to pay Alan Rex fees, that's great. But they're going to keep interacting with Alan Rex people and the community that they've built so that when they are ready to use the, the, the Mercedes quality, you know, uh, cost structure, they know Alan Rack. So, so I think you've got to really kind of invest. You're going to have to invest in selling through Zoom, using the digital world to build a, a community. Um, and, and, and no offense to career builder, but whatever that talent pool thing is that they do. Like, okay. Um, and, and with that, so you mentioned, I mean, selling on Zoom, obviously everybody's kind of shifted towards that. Uh, any specific... Tips, How, techniques that you got. I mean, get a nice microphone. You've got to listen, man. You got to tune into the about. webinar, David. You're not getting free. It's it's next week. It's next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. 
Uh, it's all over my LinkedIn and Matt's LinkedIn. So Matt Dichter. So I'm connecting with Matt Dichter uh, from Bullhorn, who is one of the most successful sales uh, account executives at Bullhorn. And uh, I'm going to say this during the webinar, but I've been thinking about it. When I was working at Bullhorn, Matt Dichter, if I had a question for the sales team, he was always the first person to answer with an in-depth answer. He really cares about his team's success, about other people's success, and his customers' success. So uh, shout out to Matt. I'm really excited for that. I, I would second that. He's uh, uh, also digs in and understands all of the, the marketplace partners in a way that a lot of people don't. It's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, he, he, he understands how to position marketplace partners to help him win the deals because it is, it is all part of the same solution selling, not just trying to push bullhorn product where maybe it doesn't fit. So yeah, again, Matt is definitely the best at that too. Yeah, I mean, he's, Matt is the reason that I, I started reading. Uh, we went through uh, Gap Selling. Gap Selling. Uh, it got me down that path. It got me down that path. And I thought it was a fantastic book and got our team on it. So it's, uh, uh, I said that was all from his LinkedIn post about how great it was. <laughs> so so it's yeah. just power and recommendation. Um, so kind of jumping in next topic, uh, gig economy, online staffing, um, exec form recently talked about this quite a bit and talked about some of the, the growth they're seeing from companies like SnapNurse and, you know, how there's this huge shift towards kind of the mobile first, or at least the ability to, you know, manage your staffing on your, on a, you know, end end on your own. Uh, what are some of the trends that you're seeing on that front? Um, anything shout, exciting? Shout out to SnapNurse. Uh, Sheree yeah. and Jeff, you guys are awesome. I love those guys. I met them when it was just starting uh, and they were in an industrious office in Atlanta. Uh, we're happy to have drinks with those guys early stage. So if you haven't checked out what they're doing, uh, but let's try to talk about it, right? Like uh, I'll take, I'll take it from a marketing angle. And this is, uh, this is something that I've been trying to drive into people. It's like, are you studying what D2C people are doing? And what, when I say D2C, direct to consumer, right? Uh, and I, I've just, was just uh, attending the Drift conference and they had, uh, oh God, I can't remember his name, but the CMO of Beats by Dre. And he goes, it's not D to C, it's not B to B, it's not B to C, it's B to H, business to human. And so how are you, you got to think about, uh, go back to the detention economy for when you have these gig apps. You, you know, if you're a one-to-one app and you are in a certain vertical and you know workers in that vertical are likely to work with four to five companies and you have, you have to make them download an app. What is the value of them going back to that app on a weekly or daily basis? So what are you going to do with that app that makes them want to sign in besides for work, right? Because, you know, they're going to go like, that's a great reason and they're going to go. I get that. But, you know, what happens if they've been getting really good work and now your app's forgotten? Like, how do you know your app is forgotten, right? You have to be able to have the metrics to see the last time they logged in. And you have to call them, right? Or provide something in the app, an in-app experience for them to keep using it. So what are D2C companies do that um, bring people back to their app? So like Uber, right? Uber Eats, they have hey, if you spend 85 bucks, we're going to give you 10% off or $15 off, right? Like I always see. Um, you know, uh, rewards programs, loyalty programs, you know, um, you know, you see some fitness companies where they, where they give you discounts if you use, like if Pel- you know, Peloton doesn't need to do this, but essentially Peloton could say, hey, if you work out for 30 days in a row, uh, we could discount your, your membership for the next month. So... Well, what's the ROI on, on someone using the app 30 days in a row and how, and like, what's the conversion rate of them staying on the app for the next three years? 
And your guaranteed revenue is $5 less, but it's guaranteed because you know that you're rewarding them. Like, so this is the stuff that I'm thinking about. Not that Peloton needs to do that by any means, but um, they're blowing up without any kind of gimmick. Yeah, they're something. doing all right. But, but that's, the, that's the idea. And I'm looking at a Peloton, which is why I referenced the brand. Um, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes uh, absolutely. And, and uh, I think it's interesting, all of the different ways for people to drive retention, whether it be through the app and through usage of their, you know, engaging with their platform or just retention on, uh, you know, with their actual brand. Um, we're hearing more of staffing firms in light industrial and, actually, and, and travel, travel and healthcare as well that are looking at different types of loyalty programs where, you know, there's bonuses basically and trying to, and, more directly incentivize behavior that you want. If you want somebody to renew a contract, if you want them to work with you longer term, uh, we're seeing people that are saying, you know, doing that through referral programs, doing it through loyalty programs, uh, which is, makes makes a lot of sense. And uh, it's interesting to see, uh, I think almost see staffing agencies starting to look at themselves more like, uh, almost like you would see in the software side where it's like, all right, well, what's the customer lifetime value? Not what's the value on this one placement. Um, and actually all, trying to kind of, yeah. All businesses are uh, like, uh, all businesses are going to event. Like it's, it's crazy to, to be in the space for only, you know, in the stat, in the technology space of this for four years and to see the trailing prevalence of technology that hit the sales world, sales enablement world three years ago, four years ago and how it's yeah. flowing into, into ours. Right. So like now everyone's talking about conversational intelligence okay, they were talking about that with Gong and Chorus three years ago. Cool. Um, you know, next it's going to, I'm not going to tell you what's next because we're going to, I'm going to build software around it. So I'm not going to tell you what, what, what's going to come up next, <laughs> but uh, go pay attention to the freaking SaaS sales world and see what the sales enablement guys are doing. Cause that's what you're going to need for your recruiting company. God. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. I look at the HubSpot sales five years ago, I was doing sequences and had calendars and have my meetings, you know, booking tool. And now that's, you, you're starting to see the mass adoption of staffing agencies getting calendars booked in as well. And that's kind of And, the, and now you see Brian Cunningham, who did that five years ago in the freemium world already. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's four or five years ahead of everybody all the time. It's amazing what they're doing. So pay attention to Allen Recruitment awesome. out of Ireland if you actually want to be uh, a modern staffing company. That's, that's a good start. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so with that, I mean, we kind of jumped around there quite a bit, but any, any specific, you get quite a few, you know, kind of action items, but do you have any specific stories or additional kind of tips? Uh, I mean, I know you're selling them who to, who to look out to, but what do you, uh, what else you got on the gig, the gig side of things? Um, I, I just, you know, I, I'm concerned. I think my biggest thought process is, is one-to-one or one-to-many, which I said kind of earlier and I didn't reference it, but I, I, you know, is it, is it going to be worthwhile to be part of like a group that's on a one-to-many app so that you can get eyes on your job simply because you have a, a cohort of, of companies using the same technology, but you, you get a larger adoption, right? Because look, um, you know, again, so maybe I don't, I don't have real stories for you, David, but I, these are the things I'm thinking about. Um, is it, is it worth it for one to many, or is it going to still be worth it to go one-on-one or one-to-one on these apps? Um, and you know, I, I think maybe vertical is going to determine that. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it's interesting to see all the people, the different approaches to building the marketplace. And this, I mean, I, I bring this up frequently on the podcast, but it, it reminds me so much of the travel industry with, you know, uh, you've got Marriott wanting to have all of the bookings go direct. And then you've got Kayak, who's out there saying like, well, we're going to list all of the hotels and we're going to give the lowest price and booking.com and et cetera. So it's uh, uh, intriguing to see how, how much it seems to parallel that. And I think my opinion on the one-to-one versus one-to-many is that both are going to be winners. And the key though, is that there's going to be the, the staffing agencies where you're like, oh, I'm, I go direct because they've created the best experience. And then there's going to be the marketplaces who win as well because they will also have created the best experience. So I think it's going to be, uh, I think the key, key word there is actually like making sure that people are, that are engaging with it are getting value and having the experience you want them to have because that's how, I mean, we've, we've seen it in the travel industry. Uh, I imagine that that's going to apply pretty strongly here as well. Yeah, I, I think I think you know you're talking about the experience and, and the value add, right? Which is which is a marketing thought process, right? Um, and every, you know, everything is marketing. If you're not if you're not thinking like a marketer, uh, if you're not thinking like a tech company, you know you're you're going to be missing out because that's really where it is now. It's like, why am I going to pay attention to you versus somebody else, or why am I going to use your app? Which we keep saying. Um, again, this is just one giant marketing conversation. So, um, <laughs> what, what's interesting? What's interesting is is you know, let's take Nike um, as an example of of something with this one to many, one to one. So, Nike is in the, in the current process of getting rid of all of their partnerships for digital sales. So wow. they are they are unbundling and going. They're going to try and be one to one. I can't remember who the the CEO they hired, but he is a he's a direct to consumer digital sales guru. Uh, and he's going, he's taking it out of Amazon. He's taking it out of all these other third parties and he's bringing it solely to Nike.com and all of their brands. Um, and, and you think about, right, like we're kind of, we're, there, there was a period where Nike was available through direct channels, you know, like your, your dicks and your sporting goods. And like, uh, and then I think Amazon is kind of like where everything got bundled and, and, and Amazon is kind of breaking it because of Amazon, the bundle is getting broken uh, because people are tired of paying fees, right? Like, like people are tired of paying the Apple, you know, the, the Apple App Store thirty percent fee. Um, you know, see Fortnite. Fortnite is fighting it. The or for the the I love the, that the, the, Fortnite for, is the, for, the Fortnite the Fortnite story is amazing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they're fighting Amazon, uh, Android. You know, the, uh, the Play Store on that as well. And Apple, so, yeah, yeah. So you can you you see the it's like I think it's like a, a riot, like a tide right like there's and and the guys I'm a big fan of Snacks Daily from Robinhood the uh, the podcast uh, they call yeah. it like the bundling unbundling effect and it's cyclical you know things are unbundled and then they become bundled and they become unbundled and it's kind of this like this flow of these of these things happening so I, I didn't realize Nike was pulling out of Amazon and doing that and trying to go direct I think they did already. I did. I think they yeah, did. It looks a like it ago. Actually, I go, just Googled. It looks like it actually happened even uh, a while back. Six uh, months ago? Seven did, months ago? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, inter- interesting move by them. I, I, I also feel like it, to that point, it's like the everything is about the omni channel, reaching out different pr- approaches. And then you have companies who are like, ah, screw it, let's fight it. And I think maybe with the right I don't brand, think they're fighting it because battle. they already have the brand. Yeah. They don't, they're not fighting yeah. anything. They don't need the distribution. You know where to go to buy Nikes. Yeah, I, I, 
it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I mean, I always, uh, we look at like Marriott's not going off of uh, kayak or TripAdvisor. <laughs> you know, you're, you're always going to be able to book on uh, their site or others. And they found ways to, you know, lure people to, to direct, but they, uh, they haven't found a way to win that battle fully. So, What exclusive thing do you get from buying directly from Mar- Marriott? I believe there might be a, you get a low price guarantee and I think maybe a bonus on the points. I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head, but I know that they've, uh, uh, they definitely tried to add some uh, benefits there. So, Does it outweigh the cost comparison and possible savings of seeing an aggregator? That's the question. I, mean, I, I don't think, it, it sounds like no, right? Because they're staying on kayak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's it. Yeah, it's I mean, I, I definitely, uh, I mean, I actually buy almost six. I, Amazon has taken up just a massive share of my wallet. It's ease of use. You know, it's going to get there quickly. And when I find things, I'm like, oh, I got to go direct. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't need it. <laughs> so, yeah, I still, I still buy uh, some stuff direct. I've been actually, buy, I think 2020 was a good, good kind of mix for me. So. Yeah. So, um, uh, with that, one of the other conversations that we had just briefly, but you started talking about the kind of the importance of service. I think you actually brought up HubSpot service hub. Um, kind of what, yeah. where do you see things going on that front? Okay. So this is a good, so the gig economy is a great way to throw this through, right? Because listen, you're going to let your customer, you might be letting your customers enter job orders and pick and choose who they're going to work with. And you're just kind of overseeing it. Um, you know, even if you enter the job orders and manage it, the there's maybe not there's there's no relationship between the recruiter. So when you get to that point where you're self servicing, the number one thing you need to do is be obsessed with, with service. Right? If you have a self service hub, you need to be obsessed with the customer service that you provide. Right? Because that's that experience that we keep talking about. That's part of the value add to drive people back to your brand. So, um, you know, and if you think about the sales forces of the world, the HubSpots of the world, right? They all have a service hub that comes tertiary. Uh, you know, Salesforce was built, then they acquired uh, a, you know, a marketing automation platform, and now it's Salesforce uh, Marketing Cloud, right? And HubSpot always was a marketing automation tool from its birth, so cheers to them. Uh, and then you know, in, in our industry, you could use Salesforce and, and, and obviously have a really powerful recruiting tool over it. But really, you know, the, if, if you're a SaaS software, it's like if you're a partner like staffing referrals or great recruiters, the first group you have to think about working with in our industry is Bullhorn because they have the largest audience, right? They have the largest customer base. So if you equate Bullhorn to the HubSpots and Salesforces for our industry, the next thing that they're going to have to build and don't, don't hate me is some kind of service tool. Because if they're going to have all these companies on gig apps or on-demand apps, where, or, or just booking online without touching a, a, a recruiter, per se, or an account manager, then customer service or customer success is the most important thing that you can have. And so you're going to have to teach, you're going to have to see staffing and recruiting companies have a customer success department. A lot of them do, um, like client, consultant care, et cetera. And those are going to be more of what you're going to see across everything because customer service is the next logical step from where we're going to be. What's interesting is uh, 
I haven't thought about actually that on the, the staffing agency side and the need to really have that be a independent department as we move to more of the online staffing world makes complete sense. The, um, or I think that historically, I've probably brought this up with you a bunch of times, but I, I think that under-resourced on the mar- staffing firms tend to under-resource on marketing. Uh, and I'm, I would imagine on the success side as well, that that's just going to be a, a trend as we see companies start to pop up with a heavier focus on that because it's more... It's more of supporting the people going through the process than it is, uh, you know, having to hold the hand as we move on, you know, to more of the kind of direct booking online staffing uh, approach. Absolutely. So I, I love, I love customer success and this idea of it because number one, they talk to customers all day. That's all they do. So uh, when you do get a customer success team, record their phone calls and transcribe them because that's content. So now you, now you have to worry less about marketing, right? Testimonials. Feedback, customer stories, recruit like candidate stories are all content. That's what you should be using for your content. Um, and so I'm, I think like a marketer, right? So I, I love the opportunity that that provides. So it's not a bad thing to have people solely focused on that, but they can't be transactional folks. You need savvy humans that understand how much opportunity comes from hearing your customer stories and using those to help you tell your story better and what you solve, right? So stop. Stop selling staffing services. Start selling solutions. Uh, I think Dave, I was I was actually interacting with David Stearns from Haley Marketing uh, on LinkedIn, and he was like, I, "I don't understand why we sell staffing services and not stat and solutions." Right? Like, yeah. So it's a it's a conversation that's starting to happen. But I, but I, there's a great opportunity for you to make your marketing life a lot easier and your storytelling life a lot easier if you have a customer success team and record and transcribe those phone calls. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's amazing to think about as a content uh, generation component of that. Uh, what do you say when, you know, in terms of, I think companies I have talked to on that front frequently are afraid of letting that content out. Uh, they feel like, you know, how, how do you approach that? What, what, are, they, what are they afraid of? Uh, like fear is a terrible motivator, um, just in general. Uh, so like, you know, what do you, what, what do you, you don't have to let the whole conversation out. You have to tailor it. It's not, yeah. it's, not, it's not like you're just going to put the transcript up if that's what you're afraid of. And, <laughs> and, and, and honestly, sometimes putting the bad up with the good is good. Like, hey, if you have, you know, like, listen, the best advocates you are ever going to have as a human brand or as a company is people who had a bad experience that you fixed. There is no greater way to make a huge fan than to have them have an, elicit an emotional reaction of something going terribly wrong and someone coming in and saving the day. Um, and so I, I don't, uh, you know, tell negative stories, how you fix them, what happened, give context around it. Don't be afraid of the negative. Don't be afraid of the bad. Use it to help tell the story. We're humans. We, we, we expect bad things to happen. The value comes when you provide a better experience and, and fix it. So yeah, I don't know if that I've, answers your question or if that's the actual concern, but that's what I took from no, it. That's so. great. Yeah, that's, that's great. I also, uh, I think we're past the stage with that it, it, with most businesses now, but I remember uh, back in the day where people would be like, oh, well, I just got this negative post on my company's Facebook page and I just want to delete it. <laughs> it's like, it's like own no, it. no, 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 no. Love I, it, love like, it. Uh, own, own it, respond directly, you know, get it offline, fix it. Find a way to fix it and turn it into a positive. But the, the idea of uh, del- deleting it is not the right approach there. So uh, I think but, that's the, everybody's looking for authenticity more than ever. So. Yeah, of course, right? And, and the other thing is, like, 
If your recruiters know that you're going to ask for feedback on their services, phone calls, placements, et cetera, guess what? They're going to do a better job. You know, why do you think the call center people that you interact with do such a kick-ass job? Because you were told before the call, we're going back to this. You were told before, the, before you got on the phone with a live human that they were going to ask for feedback. At the end of that conversation, that person who you're on, the call center person, told you they're going to be a survey. And if they did a kick-ass job, I'm more likely to stay on and give us give it. Uh, and then at the end of the call, it transfers you over to the survey. So if you can tell people, if, if your team knows that they're going to get feedback, guess what? It's going to get better. I absolutely love it and, and definitely agree. Um, so I know we've uh, we actually got one last question on kind of the business side of things, and then we'll jump into some fun personal questions. Um, last one is a big topic, as all of them have been. Uh, any new marketing tactics, strategies, concepts, anything else that uh, you're seeing that is driving success for staffing firms? Uh, so I, I just kind of want to take this to the, to the side that it, it goes back to this customer success question, right? So all these conversations tie so neatly together. I'm glad we did that. Um, <laughs> so your, your ability to tell stories from your customers are and listening to your customers, right? So if you're, a, you know, if you're a CMO of a, let's say you're a CMO of a 250, 300 person staffing firm, right? You're, you know, six, you know, you're in the, what is it? Nine, was it nine figure range for, for revenue? Um, so if you're there, the first thing you're doing, right? And this is a SaaS playbook thing is you're going to go talk to your top 10 customers, maybe your top 30, and you're going to figure out what you saw for them. And that's, that's how you're going to start your content journey. And, but guess what? If you're a one-person staffing firm, you can do that. But you just need to make it easy for you to scale to tell that story or have a partner who you collect the story and then you share it. And, and that, so that goes from one to whatever. That's still the best way to, make, to, make, to, to get to marketing. Um, I, I'm still in love. I, and shout out to Darren Westall uh, from Pager. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out Pager yet, it is an incredible tool. Uh, so Darren... Um, it's called Content App Now. It's Pager, but if you think about what what Pager says, like okay, so you're you're that you know 250 300 person recruiting firm, and you have a marketing team who you spend a pretty good amount on their salary, and you enable them with X amount of budget. That budget pretty much gets wasted if no one from your company shares the content that they create, right? Hey, hey, marketing team, why aren't we getting leads? Uh, because we're trying to make it easy for you guys to get leads by creating engaging content, but none of you share it. So Pager takes that away and makes it one click easy to share content that your marketing team is spending good money on and effort and, and time on uh, to get out so that people will engage with your brand and people can see you. So uh, I think that's the future. I think that that's, it, that's, it's like the hood suite, the Sprout Social, but specifically for staffing and recruiting. That's amazing. And where you kind of started on that question is something I think about frequently and also recommend all the time is that um, finding a way to consistently have good voice of the customer where you have a process that's standardized, you're getting that feedback. And I think so many larger brands shy away from taking the, you know, talking to a candidate or talking to the client. And really that's where some of the best insights when I was at GE literally day one, it was like, all right, we're going to set up these 15 customer calls before you start doing any marketing. <laughs> so you're going to get to know from the customer's perspective, how they feel about our brand. 
so that you're, that's your point of view as well. And I think that's something that's frequently missed. Um, you know, the one recommendation uh, that I've always had is with uh, staffing execs is, you know, one, have those conversations, find a way to have them on a quarterly basis with candidates and uh, uh, clients, but then also like eat your own dog food, go apply on your own site from your phone, like go do these things that, you know, kind of take that extra step to really understand what the experience is like. Um, and the last part, just as a, a book that really helped me um, that there's a book called Ask by Ryan Levesque. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that was uh, uh, it's about figuring out exactly what your cu- customers want through. I mean, it's, it's such a basic idea. It's like, all right, you want to improve your product? Ask your customers what they want. <laughs> and, and it's kind of a methodology for how to do that. But it's uh, something that I think is frequently missed. But a lot of times people are sitting in a boardroom with a bunch of hypothetical solutions to things that maybe even aren't the right problem. So uh, yeah, and, and great, I think asking the right questions there. to figure out what the right problem is is actually the key there. It's, yeah, it's like, absolutely. are you reading between the lines? Um, what's also fa- what's, what I also think about too, as someone who sat in a recruiting seat, is why didn't they play those conversations as part of my training? <laughs> so when I go to market and I and I'm trying to add value, I'm like, oh hey, uh, hey doctor, uh, just so you know, we. You know, we, we work with doctors just like you all the time. Here's what they say. Here's why they work with us. Does that, any of that ring a bell? No. Okay, cool. Like, moving on, right? Like, but like, that's a much better conversation for the doctor and for me than me slowly, fig- like slowly figuring that out because I've had so many conversations, right? So I, at that point, I need, I always call it at-bats, right? Like, I need at-bats to figure out where the value is. Or you could just give me the at bats by make, by giving me like curated content um, that's converted. I don't know. I, I'd rather upskill my salespeople and recruiters faster. So anyway, absolutely, I, it is amazing that I don't think I've actually ever had uh, or even heard of anybody doing training where they're listening to real recordings of calls going Hudson, in. Hudson, they, the, the new CTO of Hudson out of of APAC, plugged in Gong. And don't he's gonna he might get mad at me, but this has been like four years now, so he's gonna he's gonna suffer. Um, plugged in Gong because Hudson dealt with people. So Hudson had uh, a lot of like expats from Britain traveling who would do temporary six month assignments. So if your recruiters are only gonna be there for six months, you need them productive at month one. And so he used Gong to figure out how to plug in the right words, how to have the right conversations from the top producers at Hudson across the APAC region or the globe and, and use it. That's the first I've heard of it. And really the only one, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely think that's the, uh, the next phase. I also, I, I haven't tried out Gong. I've heard some good things, but I've also uh, heard some other people say it's not quite as insightful as they'd hoped yet. Um, I'm interested to see what, kind of what's next on the, the recording and sentiment analysis. Then, um, I, so. I've been using Otter uh, on my conversations and it gives me some like keywords, some, some semantic keywords that get said a lot. And it also tells me how much I spoke versus the, uh, like the prospects or the people in the conversation. So those are the insights what, that what I'm getting. Averaging? What are you averaging? 30, 70. Cause that's a, like, it's like a, oh. a show up. It's a show up and throw up demo where I'm just talking about the product and asking questions. So. And you're on the you're at the thirty. You're in the good you're in the good range. No, I'm oh, on the no. bad range. Yeah, it's it's a <laughs> show up and throw up. It's a show up and throw up demo for sure. It is it is what it is. But at least I, I know the sweet the, the sweet spot's supposed to be like twenty to forty percent if you're the sales guy, right? I think that's uh, but it's, I'm not doing I'm, you know I'm not doing like a 
yeah, I, I think I'll have to look like doing a deeper discovery call or having a discovery call kind of beforehand kind of changes that. So, yeah. Um, awesome. Uh, you know, that's what you said it was Otter. I always love giving that, sharing some tools. And it's actually what I'm going to take a look at. But uh, yeah, Otter? Otter.ai. Uh, and, okay. and so it records Zoom easier. So it, it says it's like live broadcasting wall. And it's, it's, you can see it like transcribing the words as we're talking live um, when I'm doing these. It's also nice for the podcast so that I don't actually have to go in and transcribe. Like, I don't have to take the file and upload it to Otter to transcribe it. It's just happening as, I'm, as we're doing it. Oh, that's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty cheap um, compared right. to Gong, by the way. It's Gong is not a significantly Gong, Gong cheaper. <laughs> Good stuff. Good deal. Yeah. We'll give it a shot. Um, all right. So jumping into the personal questions, uh, the kind of a fire round. So first one, in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Um, that's a good question. I, I think actually caring deeply about the people that I'm working with is, uh, has been the game changer. So I'll go with that. Like making sure that I'm empathetic and understanding about what, what they're going through, where they are, uh, has been a big, big one for me. Yeah. I honestly, I think that, uh, the empathy in the last year is, uh, multiple times I've heard people say that's like, that is, that is what we need. And, uh, everybody's kind of gone through it in many different ways. All right. So what is, uh, what is one of the most uh, best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made could be an investment of money, time, energy, etc. HubSpot marketing training. Inbound, understanding gonna, inbound. I'm actually going to second you on that one and just thought the real quick that that inbound training kind of pissed me off. I took it, uh, kind of, it was seven years ago. Uh, and when I took it, I spent the last eight years building my own little marketing inbound marketing strategy. I went through that training. I'm like, my God, I just spent like an insane amount of time to get to the same spot where they're like offering 70% of that value all in one training. And I just took me eight years to get there. You did the out-bats, so you did it the hard way, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had actually built uh, via WordPress plugins, the equivalent of HubSpot at that point. <laughs> That's a lot of work. Um, all right. So what are some of the bad recommendations that you hear, uh, in staffing? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, bad recommendations that I hear in staffing. So just fill the order. Don't learn about your candidates. Don't care about people, I guess. Yeah. I, I do it transactionally. Yeah. Be <laughs> push, transactional. Push through. Yeah. Yeah. Push it through. Just got to get it done. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, what is the book or books that you've given most as a gift and why? Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't really, that's a good, good question. I don't really think I've given books, but I would say that if I told you to read a book, I would tell you to read Influence, which everyone tells you to read. Oh, man. Um, I would tell you to read, and this is actually, so here it's online, Teaching with Love and Light. Uh, it's a book about empathy as a teacher. Um, is the book I give the most to new teachers and coaches. I also, uh, influence is, that is a uh, required reading here at this company. And the, there's a whole series of them. One other one to check out catalyst. We heard of that, that, uh, I think, yeah, you know, has been pretty killer, pretty killer. Uh, great. I, I, I'll, I'll check out teaching with love and light. That's a good recommendation. I'll try and get the author for you so you can, you can post it. But, uh, that one I recommend and I buy it for people. Um, uh, and, uh, <laughs> Funny enough, I, I'm such a nerd, but I, I, I love, if I was going to read 
Um, not if I was gonna read fiction, it would be all the Ken Follett books from, uh, and they're gigantic books. So the uh, Pillars of the Earth series. <laughs> oh, nice. So those are really, really great, and the character development is really great in all those guys. So I'm a I'm a nerd at the core. I've um, I've read it. way too many Star Wars books in my youth. So uh, the X Wing series for Star Wars. <laughs> okay. All right. Michael Stackpole. Um, and la- uh, last question I've got is what is an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love? God, I wish my, really need my wife to answer this question. <laughs> uh, a bad habit is I love donuts and bacon. Uh, I think yeah. you know, that would be like, uh, so today's my birthday, by the way. And happy birthday. Thanks brother. It's, uh, and so we, there's a, there's a, Ice, I love sweets. So there's an ice cream brand that The Rock owns or as an investor in. I don't know if he, he doesn't own it directly, but he's an investor in it. Salt yeah. and Straw. And they opened a brick and mortar in Miami in Wynwood. And so all of like a group of my friends are all vaccinated now. Uh, it's uh, it's mid or early April. And we're going to dinner. And so I ordered a, like a set, I ordered seven pints of ice cream from this company <laughs> for them to bring up to me. So they're going to go on their way up to dinner tonight. We're going to eat outside. Uh, they're going to bring me uh, my ice cream. <laughs> so That's amazing. My sweet That's tooth is probably cream. the, like my investment in, in my sweet tooth is probably the most ridiculous thing. I <laughs> That's wild. It's a lot of ice cream. I also I'm work out a lot. Like, David's yeah. like, Dave, like before this call, I was like, David, this half of my room is an office. That half of my room is a gym. And I showed him all the weights and stuff. So I work pretty hard to not be uh, like, you know, uh, cardiovascularly and physically out of shape. That's great. That's great. Um, all right. So any, anything else that you would like to add? Any uh, closing comments for the listeners? I know. I think we literally just downloaded my brain for the last six months. So let's, uh, let's, let's, let's let it reload. <laughs> Well, I appreciate, I appreciate all of the insights, all of the feedback, uh, and I love having you on the show. Uh, thanks so much, Rob. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Staffing Show. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at staffinghub.com to never miss an episode. Until next time.